Welcome in. It's another edition of the PFF Betting Podcast. We are on for Saturday game day. We got, you know, pretty decent games from a, you know, top 25 perspective. There is quite a few, quite a bit of value from a green line perspective as well. Once again, I'm joined by Anthony Tresh. Our guy basically knows everything you need to know uh, from a college football perspective. Anthony, how are you kind of sizing up this, you know, slate after we moved on from last week? I know you were pretty high on Clemson, potentially to cover at a plus price, uh, minus six and a half, plus 140. I know that one didn't come through. But other than that, we had a few good plays. Marshall came through. Nevada came through. So a couple of our locks of the week we were definitely up on. Uh, some of the other marquee matchups, uh, I think we basically broke even at that point in time. What are you taking away from week two as we move here into this next week? Yeah, I mean, the slate is a little underwhelming. I mean, I guess with some of the big dogs, we've got a lot of, you know, the top 10 teams playing FCS opponents, but there's a lot of intrigue. I mean, there's definitely, specifically with with like the programs that, you know, they were the cream of the crop back in the day, you know, routine top three teams, but they've kind of fallen off some years, but they, those programs kind of like Texas, USC, Michigan, they got some intriguing games this upcoming week. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. I mean, I like, I, I've kind of always been a little bit liking Iowa State Cyclones. Brock Purdy was the guy that I really liked his freshman year. He hasn't necessarily lived up to where we projected him out to be at this point in time. But I do think that Iowa-Iowa State game, sneakily probably the best game on the board. We do have Texas-Arkansas as well. Washington-Michigan, you know, that could be another intriguing game depending on that. So what one of these uh, marquee matchups are you actually interested in from a betting perspective? Yeah, I think the one that really jumps out to me is Texas-Arkansas. And uh, depending on where you got it, um, you know, Texas at one point was minus six um, on the road over Arkansas. And, you know, I I was really impressed with the Longhorns last week um, over Louisiana Lafayette. I mean, Louisiana is actually a really good group of five team. Um, You know, they finished fifth in EPA per pass allowed in 2020, returned every single defensive back from that group that was one of the best in college football. And then Steve Sarkeesian, first game as head coach, leads Texas to their most efficient passing offense ever in a single game of the PFF College era. I mean, that's not much of a coincidence there. Um, you know, Hudson Card, his deep ball definitely needs some work. He overthrew four of his five there. Um, but he was perfect at the short and intermediate levels of the field. Actually went 13 for 13 on such throws with an elite passing grade. Um, I, I think this Texas team is legit. We saw a breakout game from Jordan Winnington, the wide receiver. And of course, running back Bijan Robinson, he's a rising star. I think this Texas team is just a superior opponent compared to Arkansas, who I think has some question marks. They do have some, you know, draft that, you know, draft, you know, highly regarded guys in uh, the draft era. But, um, you know, this team has just got so many holes specifically at the quarterback position that I'm not really buying into them. I think Texas minus six, depending again where you got it at. Um, I think that's a good bet right there. Yeah, definitely. We have it's already moved out to seven at this point in time. Texas does have uh, not any value from a green line perspective at this point in time. We actually lean slightly towards Arkansas, uh, and we do kind of like the under as well. I don't know, just with the green line perspective, I kind of want to, you know, I kind of want to ride with you on this potentially back Texas, but I think I'm probably just going to stay away from it. Do you think there's a play um, on the 56 and a half point total at all? We have basically Arkansas, 106 team in the country in our offensive rankings. Uh, Texas, you know, does have some offensive weapons like you describe but they are outside of top 25 in that offense ranking as well do you see this game uh, potentially getting over 56 and a half points or is that maybe a justifiable spot uh, to bet under on in the fact that you don't really buy into the Arkansas offense yeah I definitely think if I'm leaning one way it's the under um, you know Arkansas's offense really those first three quarters against Rice I mean they, they were close to losing that game and then it was uh, 17-17 right. going in the fourth quarter 
scored 21 unanswered to really, um, you know, close that one out 38, 17. Um, I, I think I would definitely lean under, but you know, I, I think the total, I'm a little bit more you know, cautious of in this one. Yeah, definitely. I like it. I like it. I can get on board with that. Um, so let's see. Let's move on to the game. You know, we didn't really talk about it too much at this point in time. Iowa, Iowa State showdown for Iowa basically at this point. Uh, they beat Indiana last week. Our betting model has been really high on Iowa. We kind of talked about it a little bit last week. We, do, we did have them as a top 10 team in our ELO rankings. Uh, so we are probably going to be completely one-sided in all Iowa Hawkeyes matchups until we see a significant correction to them either in the betting market or from our models at this point in time. So we do like Iowa plus four and a half. Uh, they are the ninth best team in the country based on our ELO rankings. They unfortunately don't have, they have a great offense. Uh, Iowa State is the team that actually has a much better offense, 15th overall in that in the FBS. So do you believe in Iowa potentially covering? Is this a spot where you're staying away from, or are you buying into the Brock Purdy train uh, better late than never at this point in time? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a game I'm just completely staying away from, and I'm just going to watch it and enjoy it. Um, just because, you know, like you were, you were talking about, Brock Purdy, hasn't really lived up to expectations. Um, you know, his grade has been in a, kind of an enigma ever since he started as a true freshman. Um, it's steadily gone down. He was almost at an elite level back then. Um, and then you also look at Iowa and the manner they won. I mean, they, they beat the brakes off Indiana. Um, you know, within a few minutes of the game, it was 14 nothing based off of a long rushing touchdown. And then a pick six that uh, uh, bounced off the receiver into the hands of Riley Moss and took it to the house. Um, you know, that brings you to our next point. How sustainable is it that, you know, the way they won? It was 28-3 to three at half. Two, two of those touchdowns picked sixes. One of them was a long rushing touchdown, like I said. And then also the other one was a drive that they began in Indiana territory and only completed three passes in. Um, you know, I think it's that's not a sustainable way to really win. There's still some question marks there on offense with Spencer Petras. They actually ranked 10th the last in successful pass play rate in among Power 5 offenses in Week 1. Um, you know, I still think there's some question marks there and that's not to discredit, you know, that defense because that pass coverage, one of the best in 2020, it's going to be one of the best in 2021. I think Phil Parker, the defensive coordinator, one of the most underrated coaches in college football, you know, that match quarter system you know, he bred these two and three star recruits to be smart players in that scheme. And they're thriving in that. Um, it's going to be tough on Brad Purdy, um, to really put up points here. So, you know, it's really tough. You know, I think Charlie Kohler, that was definitely a big loss for him. You know, they barely scraped by Northern Iowa last week. Not having Kohler, who I think is probably one of the, the three best tight ends in college football, actually a preseason first-team All-American um, this uh, for the season, that was a big loss and hindered him. So I think that's something to monitor as well. Yeah, definitely. I, didn't mean, I mean, I do think Brees Hall is basically one of the best running backs in the country for Iowa State. If they're going to get it going, I do buy into him actually being able to move the ball just a little bit more effectively than Brock Purdy, than Xavier Hutchison, those guys on the outside for Iowa State. But I don't know. I think I'm going to go, you know, just based on price, I do think this is going to be a really close game that probably comes down to a field goal differential because of that, because we, you know, our modeling and everything else does buy into Iowa. I am going to buy into them at plus four and a half. I do think that is probably a viable play. I totally understand not backing at this point in time, especially with the Spencer Petrus question marks. But um, from that perspective, I don't know if I have, you know, I have similar question marks about Brock Purdy as well. So it's just a spot that um, I think we got to ride with the model at this point in time. So I am locking that one in as one of my preferred plays here uh, coming up on Saturday. But let's move on. We got Washington, Michigan, late game coming up. Six and a half point spread for Michigan, 48 and a half point total. Uh, Green Line has a little bit of value on this game as well. Unfortunately, it's on the total. Do you see a side that you kind of like at this point in time? Or are you staying away from, uh, you know, Michigan in the big house? 
The NFL is back and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for Week 1. Bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive $200 in free bets instantly. No matter what, take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard that right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any Week 1 game. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts. Plus, you can make every game a big game with same-game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code PFF to get you free $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Fantasy football draft season is here, and we are offering 30% off any PFF subscription to all first-time subscribers with promo code KICKOFF30. For just $7, get access to PFF's Fantasy Football Draft Guide, player rankings and projections, all of PFF's locked article content, cheat seats for your fantasy draft, and so much more. Again, that's promo code KICKOFF30 for 30% off any PFF subscription. Get access to all of PFF's fantasy tools for just $7. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely one. I, th- I think I'm staying away from like completely betting it. Um, just from you know, I think you know, early on in the week, I was definitely all over the under. Um, at one point in time, it was at around 51. It's you know steadily declined down to around 48. So I think there's some hesitancy now. Um, but you know, I still think I would probably maybe still lean around the under uh, just because you look at Washington. I mean, against Montana last week, they upset loss. They had the second least efficient passing offense in the Power Five against Montana. Um, you look at a quarterback with Dylan Morris, very limited passer. Um, I think Michigan's defense is good. The biggest weakness there, inconsistency from their outside corners. But this is an offense and, you know, the limitations with the quarterback where they don't really attack the outside. This is, you know, they utilize their tight ends, you know, slot receivers over the short and intermediate areas of the field. I think Michigan, that's where they're going to thrive. They have one of the best slot corners in college football. With Daxton Hill had a great performance against Western Michigan in week one, probably, I think, up there in that, you know, rare tier of athletes in college football with like Derek Stingley Jr. I mean, he ran a 4-3-40 um, coming out of high school, 43-inch vertical. I mean, the guy's a real deal. Um, and also, too, you have some disruptors with, with Aiden Hutchinson. Um, you know, I the biggest thing that Montana got away with, you know, that really put, you know, caused problems for Dylan Morris was, you know, the stunts and blitzes, I mean, it was just all over the place and he couldn't handle it. I think Michigan's going to do the same thing this upcoming week. I think Washington's going to be, you know, struggle to really move the ball. And I think, you know, Michigan as well, without Ronnie Bell, who was really their, their clear cut, only reliable target now out for the season after sustaining that season ending injury on that punt return last week. Um, I, I think both offenses are probably going to struggle a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can definitely agree with that. I do think Ronnie Bell injury is significant uh, from Michigan's perspective. We have seen the line kind of move away from Michigan at this point in time, open up at seven. Greenland has it now at six and a half. No real value on the spread at that point in time. Washington does look playable uh, from the money line perspective, but I do agree with you. I do think I do think this is a spot you probably got to just stay away from. Uh, enjoy the matchup, enjoy the game, enjoy the atmosphere, but it's probably not a spot to necessarily get involved with from a betting perspective. So let's see. We could probably got maybe one more marquee matchup, Oregon-Ohio State. I do think, you know, if there was another contender, I'm not sure what game that would actually be at this point in time. You did say it correctly. I do think it was kind of a light slate from a top 25 matchup perspective, but I am kind of buying into this um, as an intriguing game uh, to maybe get some action down. What are you kind of seeing from this game's perspective? 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of intrigue specifically because of, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, Oregon star edge defender. Um, he's reportedly he made the trip to Columbus. He's going to try and give it a go after, you know, spraining his ankle last week um, against Fresno State. And I think if he's on the field, there's a lot of intrigue here just because, you know, Ohio State, they have a fantastic offensive line. There's no doubt about it. Um, but, you know, I think there is a little bit of concern if you put up someone like Kayvon Thibodeau against DeJuan James, the right tackle, who, you know, He's a great, he's a monster run blocker, but the guy's a unit and he struggles in pass protection. And I think Kayvon Thibodeau, who I think is almost as close to a perfect specimen you can have on the edge, I think that's a mismatch problem there. And CJ Stroud, um, you know, who did have some inaccuracy issues um, in week one against Minnesota, I think we could see some, you know, poor decisions there. But at the end of the day, that is also still one of the best offensive systems with the best wide receiving corps in college football. Um, and so, I think if anything, I'm leaning under here. Um, you know, you look at the total right now, it's sitting at 63 and a half. I think, you know, I'm really, even though green line, you know, we have it about 64.6. I still like the under here. I think it's going to be a problem for CJ Stroud, that defense. And not only because of Kayvon Thibodeau, but you add guys like Noah Sewell, the off-ball linebacker, one of the best run defenders in college football. I think he's going to handle the run quite well. I'm mean, going to also Michael Wright, cornerback on the outside. Um, you know, it's going to cause some problems for C.J. Stroud and, and uh, the rest of the offense there. And also, Oregon's offense, they struggle to move the ball. And I don't think that's going to be any different with Anthony Brown, the quarterback, leading the way. Yeah, definitely. I buy into that. I do agree with you. I don't think that, I don't think anything on the total is definitely playable over at this point in time. Greenline doesn't have any value basically on this game. Across the three betting markets, we do have both defenses in our top 25 uh, opponent-adjusted defensive grade. Both offenses sitting in basically the 50s for our offensive grade. So I do think from that perspective, I definitely trust you and buy into the fact that I do think we're going to see less points being scored than what the market uh, anticipates at this point in time. I don't really have a justifiable uh, betting play. I was kind of leaning toward this game as maybe an option in like a DFS stacking sort of situation, but I think probably leaning toward the under uh, is the correct approach, and we probably won't see as much production as we did last week from Ohio State uh, in this one against Oregon. So I definitely buy into it as well. Let's talk maybe. Maybe just give we were we had we had decent success giving away one under one or two under the radar locks of the week like we did last week. I think we got to run it back here again. Hit me with uh, one bet that you are feeling great about at this point in time, Anthony. Yeah, I mean the one that really jumps out to me is NC State, and this one has been moving this past week. I'm, I'm pretty sure NC State going on the road, traveling against Miss, uh, going up against Mississippi State. Um, you know, opened up plus one. Now they're what are they about minus two and a half. At this moment in time, as we're recording this, um, I still like that. You know, I still think there's plenty of value there with NC State. I mean, we saw last week what that offense could do. Um, you know, that running back duo with Bam Knight and a uh, uh, person there, too, as well. And then Devin Learin, uh, Leary, the quarterback. I mean, there's a lot to like with that offense. Uh, and so I think it's going to be tough for Mississippi State to really stop that offense there. So I, I still like NC State there a little bit more. Another one, too, that I'm kind of intrigued with, Western Kentucky Army. I like the over in that one at 52 and a half. Um, you know, I think both both of those offenses scored a lot of points last week. I think that Army triple option is going to have their way with this Western Kentucky run defense that has struggled um, as of late. And also, you look at that um, Western Kentucky offense led by quarterback Bailey Zappi. Came over from Houston Baptist this past offseason. One of the best FCS quarterbacks. You know, every single time he went up against an FBS opponent uh, at Houston Baptist, he lit it up. Actually had an elite passing grade at Houston Baptist against FBS opponents. And he had multiple games against such teams and then last week he completely tore it up once again i think we're going to see a lot of points in that one 
Yes, let's go. That is why you lock into the PFF betting podcast. We are giving you under the radar plays uh, that you're probably not going to find anywhere else. I'm gonna I'm gonna lead with that as well. Or I'm gonna leave with that as well. I kind of like Florida International Golden Panthers. They were at minus one to open the week. They are up to minus two now, but I think they're gonna kind of I think they're gonna take care of Texas State here pretty easily at home. I would make the spread close to a field goal differential, maybe even three and a half points at this point in time. I do think that that is probably my lock of the week outside of Iowa, hopefully covering against Iowa State, four and a half point spread. So those are my two favorites as well. You got Anthony's favorites are well as well. Make sure you tune into that college football live show we got coming up for you tomorrow morning. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Anthony's running it back basically every week on that and the PFF betting podcast, making sure you guys get all the best bets down for this college football action. From Ben Brown, joined by Anthony Tresh. We appreciate you guys listening to the PFF betting podcast.